0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Well, it has been 20 years ago this month that pulmonary led the 2002 Notre Dame baseball team to the College World Series. And that, of course, at that time ended a 45-year Drought from Omaha for the Fighting Irish, and Paul left a few years later. He takes over at LSU, wins a national championship in 2009, and five overall trips to the College World Series at LSU. But he is with us right now. He, like a lot of the rest of us, was uh, watching on TV over the weekend, very uh, very tense down in Knoxville, Tennessee, a place that you have some experience with, Paul. First of all, it's it's always great to talk to you. Usually, we you know we have to do this on the phone, so it's kind of cool to get, actually get to see your face this time.
2: Yeah, it's good to see you again, Sean. Of course, uh, we got to see each other not too long ago at the reunion up in South Bend. But uh, it's great to be with you today to talk about the Irish and the College World Series. Doesn't that just sound great to see, have those words all together?
1: Man. It does. And, you know, again, you know, nail biters over the weekend with with Link Jarrett and his Irish taking down the number one Volunteers. So just just maybe kind of start with uh, some of your thoughts on on seeing this Notre Dame team, a place that is still so near and dear to you, Notre Dame, seeing Link and and, uh, taking these Irish back to Omaha again 20 years later.
2: Well, obviously, I was watching uh, very intently, like all Irish fans. Um, I, follow, I followed the team very closely this year, actually, over the last couple of years, even though I was still working last year. I told that, you know, I went up to um, uh, South Bend, Sean. I think it was for the Cincinnati football game, if I'm not mistaken, early October. And I went to visit uh, my son, Nick, who works at Notre Dame, and got to see my grandson and daughter in law. And we were taking a walk around campus um, on Friday afternoon or actually around noontime, and my text uh, my phone buzzed with a text message and it was from link and uh, basically he was saying, how I heard you're on campus. come by practice today." So I said, okay, and he told me the time. So when I got there, to my surprise, he wanted me to talk to the team to address the team yeah. I thought that was so nice of him to do that. And and it was really a, a, a special moment for me. And and let me tell you what I told the kids, okay? I told them, first of all, this is the first time that I've talked to a Notre Dame team in 16 years. Wow. Uh, I left 15 years earlier and uh, you know, I've been at LSU all these years, but it was special for me to talk to the to the kids that made up the, the Notre Dame team because I know how special those young men are to get in, to gain admission into the university, to go to Notre Dame with uh, dealing with the weather issues and some of the other things that you have to deal with in baseball. Uh, I, I knew something about the makeup of those players, even though I didn't know them personally. So it was great to stand there in front of them and to talk to them. And um, and I told him, I said, Look, I followed your team very closely last year while we were uh getting beat in the super regional in Knoxville. Uh I still was watching your games on television that weekend. And um it reminded me so much of our two thousand team when uh when excuse me our yeah, it was our two thousand team, right? Sean when we went to Starkville. Yes. And yep. and um I said, it reminded me so much of our 2000 team when we went to Starkville and we battled and battled and battled so hard. Uh, We had two great victories against Tulane and come from behind fashion. We played Mississippi State in the winner's bracket game. They beat us by seven runs. So we had to beat them twice on the last day. We beat them the first game by seven runs like they had beaten us. And the final game, the if necessary game, went to the bottom of the ninth inning, tied, and we lost on a walk-off home run. But our players, despite the disappointment of losing the game and, and losing the tournament on the last day, they showed the entire country, and especially those people in Starkville, what their, what their character was and, and how good of players they were and how hard they battled, to the point that when I returned to South Bend, I think I had 500 email messages from yeah. Mississippi State fans expressing their admiration for our players, for our team, for our program. So when I watched the 2022, uh, 2021 uh, Fighting Irish playing in Starkville, just brought back so many memories of that unbelievable weekend back in 2000. And then I explained to the guys that although we lost that series, that, that, that regional, and although you guys lost the Super Regional, I know our team, but way back then, grew from that experience so much that it gave us unbelievable confidence the next couple of years. Because the core of that team in two thousand basically returned for the next couple of years, and in yeah. two thousand and two, when they were seniors, Steve Stanley, Paul O'Toole, Andy Bushy, Matt Strickroth, all that group of guys, when they when they were seniors. We were able to kick in the door and get to Omaha. And they all reflected back on that experience they had in Starkville as being a key part of their development into that team. So I told them, when I looked at your team, it just reminded me so much of our team back in 2000 and the gritty attitude that they displayed, how tough they were, the composure, the poise, the ability, all those things. And uh, I said to them, I'm going to predict that you guys are going to find a way to win this year in the postseason and make it to Omaha. I'm predicting that. And when you get to Omaha, I'll be there rooting for you.
1: <laughs> and that is that is happening this week, right? Just to confirm, I was in a little text chain with with uh, some of you and your 2002 players. It, uh, you're going, and sounds like at least a handful of uh, other players are, are heading out to Omaha this weekend as well.
2: I'll be, I'll be getting in there on Wednesday. My wife doesn't want to miss the opening ceremonies on Thursday. Always so, fun. Uh, yeah, so I'll be there Friday, uh, whatever time the Irish play, and I'll be wearing my Notre Dame garb to uh, show everybody clearly who I'll be rooting for. That's for that's, sure. And how ironic is it? How ironic is it that they're playing Texas, who was the team that in when New I York. was at LSU that we beat yep. for the national championship? So, that's right. Hopefully the Irish will uh, will prevail in Game One and and go on through the through the entire week. Sean, I honestly believe they can win the whole thing.
1: What uh, you know, TD Ameritrade Park, Paul. You, you know you've been there several times. Obviously, your national championship came when it was still at Rosenblatt, but you played right. you know the College World Series when, once it moved down the hill to uh, TD Ameritrade Park, and you know it's a big park. And it plays big and it can affect some teams offensively. But it just seems to me that, that you know, this this Notre Dame team is, you know, they're not power reliant like a Tennessee, right. for example. They hit some home runs, but they can do a lot of other things. And it, it seems like that's an offense that can play well to that big park. What do you think with all the
2: experience you have there? Well, Sean, first of all, they've changed the name of the stadium from T D and Air Trade to Charles Schwab. And I Schwab. knew that and I keep yeah. forgetting
1: that. Yeah, I do too.
2: <laughs> I, I, I I thought about it when you just said it, but I think um, it's Charles Schwab, right? <laughs> right. When we um when we won the championship in 09, uh the next year, 2010, was the last year of Rosenblatt Stadium. So the first year in the new ballpark was 2011. When we went there in 2013, I was pretty amazed at how big the park played. Uh, I think there were three home runs total hit in the tournament that year Mm -hmm. in 2013. We had the number one team in the country going into the uh, College World Series. And uh, we had a great team. Alex Bregman was a freshman and so forth. And the first day we played UCLA in the afternoon game, I thought we hit four balls that would have been home runs in any park in the SEC. And only one of them went out of the ballpark. And it, And I thought it was in the over the bullpen and it barely scraped the fence as it got out of the park. The other three were all caught at the wall and I thought they were long gone. We ended up losing that game to UCLA two to one uh, behind Aaron Nola pitching for us. And it was a devastating loss. Um, we ended up losing as well to North Carolina in a game. I think the score was five to three, if I'm not mistaken. And it was another close, low scoring game. Um, What I realized when we played there was that you have to have speed in the outfield. You have to have guys that can cover the ground. And I think Notre Dame has that, you know, I think they've got guys that can run in the outfield, cover the ground. Myers is really good in center field. Hopefully, uh, Cole, you know, his leg is feeling good enough that he can cover the ground out there. And, and uh, Ketsy, I think, is a, is a really good outfielder in right field. So I think that's huge. But I think the key, too, is to keep the ball down in the ballpark. Get as many ground balls as you can and let your defense play. And nobody has better def- infield defense than Notre Dame. Right. Uh, you know, it's key to throw the ball over the plate, not give them free passes. And I think that that Notre Dame staff has shown – that they're that's the way they pitch. You know, they're gonna challenge the hitters and make them make them hit the ball and let their defense play. Offensively, the fact that Link likes to let the guys run and they occasionally hit and run and they hit in the clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think that they'll be fine in that ballpark. It, it play in all honesty, it plays a lot like Frank X Stadium can play. Right. Of course it's not artificial turf, but you know, Frank X Stadium can play pretty big when the wind is blowing in off Lake Michigan, especially sure early in the season, but when we went there in 2012, uh, excuse me, 2017, we took an LSU team there, and that week the wind actually was blowing out, so it made the park really fair, and I think we hit eight home runs while we were out there that year and made it to the finals against Florida. Unfortunately, the wind shifted those last two games, and we didn't have quite the uh, offensive firepower that we showed earlier in the tournament. But depending on how the wind blows is how the park will play. But I think Notre Dame is equipped, whether it's a low scoring game or whether it's a higher scoring game, to be able to prevail against Texas or anybody else that they play. Sure.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Link obviously has been to Omaha as a player from back in his Florida State days but this is his first experience as a head coach and again you know 2002 you know every coach who takes a team to Omaha there's a first time for everybody so you know what what are maybe some things that a that a first time head coach needs to go going into that environment out there
2: well there's there's almost nothing you can do to really prepare even a coach for it because It's the culmination of a dream. All of us as coaches grow up dreaming of taking a team to the college world series. And now Link is experiencing that. You know, I've said this many times, Sean, it's no it's no hidden fact. You know, I was able to take six teams to Omaha and win a national championship one of those years. But out of all the experiences I've ever had, taking the Notre Dame team there in two thousand and two will always be the highlight of my coaching career. The first time you go and to take a school and a group of kids as special as you develop there at Notre Dame will always stand out for any coach that has that opportunity to do that. And Link and I are the only, two, well, Jake Klein did it as well, but back then it wasn't quite as an exciting event as yeah, it is now. The only now. modern coaches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Link and I will be the only two Notre Dame baseball coaches that will have experienced that. And you know, the magic of the name Notre Dame and the College World combined with the College World Series just makes for a really special experience for everybody. So, listen, Link, Link is, you know, he's, he's got enough experience as a coach, and he's had the experience of playing in a great program. And the one thing you can see about this team from Notre Dame that stands out to me is their maturity and their poise and their self-confidence. And they, they just know how to win. You know, they're, they they remind me so much of the group of kids that I took there way mm-hmm. back in 2002. And, and it really that whole time, not the 2001 team, the 99 team, and then the years after, of course. And uh, I think these kids are going to show a lot of composure, a lot of poise. And they're going to realize, you know, that it's just a baseball game. There'll be a big crowd there, of course. Um, and the stakes are awfully high. But they just got to do what comes natural to them. And I believe that will be good enough for them to be very successful there.
1: Well, it, it, you know, when, when you start looking at similarities, I mean, if you look, you know, you can find similarities. But something that stands out to me is the preparation. You know, there's there was never a pulmonary team that wasn't prepared when they took the field. And one of the trademarks of of your teams, you know, especially from an at-bat approach at bat to at bat you guys were able to adjust so much they were so prepared and and they were able to make those adjustments over the course of the game and i, I look at link's team and his guys at the plate they just they never seem to be fooled by
2: too much does does that kind of strike you as well very much so um yeah first of all Le- not only link but his whole staff has been outstanding right. you know chuck Rustano has done a tremendous job with the pitching staff and and um, um, Rich Wallace and, and the team that he put together through recruiting and the work that he's done with the with the players. Um, they, but, they, you know, the hitters have an unbelievable level of maturity up there at the plate. In our business, they just call those guys tough outs. You know, you have to really grind to get them out because they're going to grind right back at you. They're not just going to give away at bats. They have good eyes at the plate. They battle with two strikes. If you make a mistake, they can hurt you. You know, the the, the double that Putts hit the other day to, to, to extend the lead was an unbelievably clutch hit. You know, uh, little LaMana, the catcher, reminds me so much of Bob Lasani, who was my first catcher at Notre Dame. A little bit undersized, but a scrappy, hard-nosed kid. You know, probably not going to hit 400, but he's going to come through with so many clutch hits for you. You know, and they they, they just have that makeup about them. And I'm sure that... In large part, it's because of the way the way that Link has coached the kids. Uh, they seem to have a lot of confidence in in each other. You know, the the coaches have a lot of confidence in the players, and the players have a lot of confidence in the yeah. coaches. And that's a magical thing, especially at a place like Notre Dame, where you know respect and trust is are the hallmarks of of what everything is about there. So, yeah, they, you know, watching them watching them at the plate. And make you know that play that Brannigan made the double play to end the game. It looks yeah. very routine to fans that are watching. He he made it look like it was he was taking fungos in pregame.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's how calm and cool he was, you know. Perfect mechanics. Perfect throw to second base. Miller turns a double play. Putts stretches catches the ball just like they probably done in practice a thousand times.
1: Yeah. You know, at the end of uh, Sunday's super regional clincher down there in knoxville the uh, you talked about that that talk that you had with the team uh, back in the fall and the uh, the current players i thought this was really cool they brought this 2002 college world series banner that huge banner and there are you know there are pictures of it you saw it you know on the end of of the uh the tv broadcast and they were they were waving that around out there and i know you were watching what did that mean to you to see that paul
2: Sean, I, I can't even describe in words what that meant to me and to all the players from that team. That was the flag that we started every year, starting in 2002 or 2003, we hung a flag that displayed the previous year's greatest accomplishment. So we flew that flag during the 2003 season. And then the next year we flew a flag that said 2003 Big East champions and and so forth down the line. So I never knew what happened to that flag. But obviously somebody took good care of it. I understand that they kept that in their locker room all year. But when when they showed on television them holding that flag in front of their team, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I lost control of my emotions. I I was sitting all by myself in my little theater room here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, crying my eyes out because it meant so much to me, not, not just because it was our team, but just to see that there's a group of kids that value history and tradition and celebrate History and tradition. So many times in our world today, it's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. And this was a group of kids that d- demonstrated clearly how much they respected that group 20 years ago and the accomplishments of the program and how proud they were now to etch their names into Irish lore. And they'll become legends. You know, in 20 years from now, hopefully a team will be holding a flag that says, you know, 2022 national champions or 2022 college world series. It meant so much to me and to all of the players um, that, that the current players recognize those that have laid the groundwork for where they are now. Just, it made us so proud. And it just overwhelmed me emotionally. And
1: obviously you, you know, that 20 year reunion that you talked about, you guys came back to town in April and and you got to, you know, not spend quite as much time with the current team anyway, but, you know, you guys threw out the first pitch and did some of that, got a little bit of interaction over there. So that that had to be pretty cool for both of those teams as well.
2: Well, as I mentioned, Sean, I, I had the opportunity to speak to the team back in October right. and I told our players about me. I, I told our 2002 players about how I had spoken to the team and how much this team reminded me of them and after we all went out to the mound to throw out the first pitch, I don't know if you noticed this, but when we came off the field, every single member of the current team shook hands with every current member of the 2002 team. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and, and I could hear some of the comments that they were saying between each other. It wasn't just a, you know, like high five, you know, and work their way through the line like at the end of a ballgame. They would literally shake each other's hands, look each other in the eye, and exchange like, you know, you can do it guys. We're proud of you. Hey, thank you for, for, for what you did for the program. You know, I mean, there was so much great interaction. Right. And and I'll tell you our whole team, we just, our whole 2002 team, we love watching this 2022 team play. They just remind us so much of ourselves, probably a little bit more talented than we were. Um, They've got some real power arms and, Boy, that left-hander, the young freshman Finley—that he—he, he, I mean, he's left-handed, but you know, you could close your eyes and think of Niesel and and Johnson. You know, yeah, that's right. That's and right. Um, you know, Rayo and and the, geez, the, the the job that Bertrand has done. I mean, they just—you know—it's it, it, a great team. And I told Link, you know, last year, and I told him again this year early, Link, that your team has the it factor. You know, in athletics, you can't define the word "it." Just some people and some teams have it, and it's something special. and And they have it, and I, and and it and it it makes me so proud to see them play the game the way that they're playing it. Um, to you know, just me as a somebody who put my heart and soul into the program for twelve years, and all those players that care so deeply about the program to see. Them back, doing the, playing the game the way that they're playing it, and succeeding, and go, you know, ultimately now going to Omaha. It just it makes our chest burst with pride.
1: Paul, this success is great. Obviously, you know, everyone wants to get to the College World Series, but you know, we know what what comes with that. Up here, when you're talking about Northern coaches having this kind of success, you you know, you dealt with it for years before you ended up going to LSU, but you, you, you did ultimately go and, you know, there's already stuff swirling around with, with link Jarrett, I guess when you look at support for the program, because he has obviously shown that, you know, I think what you two both demonstrate is you can win up here, but you have to have the right person, you know, in, in charge up here. So what, 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 especially as someone who has been up here a few times now, what can be done, you know, to, to really for, for the the school, the, you know, the athletics to show full support for the program, you know, in terms of investing, you know, not just for this year, but, but going forward as well.
2: It's a a good question, uh, Sean, it deserves a good answer, but, you know, I, I can't speak for the athletic administration or for the president of the university, you know, they, they have to make decisions every day about where where to use their resources um you know the 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 negative is that whether it's because of the weather or the facility or whatever but you can't classify the baseball program as a revenue producing program yeah the difference at LSU is you know we had 11,000 fans a game and we generated a couple million dollars in revenue every year so you got treated at LSU like Notre Dame basketball would be treated, right. okay? Right. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily at Notre Dame unless, you know, you know they have a, a you know, a, um, I don't know what the word is, but, a, you know, somebody comes down from the heavens and tells them, <laughs> you better support this baseball program, okay? <laughs> um, listen, when Link took over, I told Link, there's going to be some things that are frustrating about coaching at Notre Dame, because it's not going to be the same playing field that you're going to be on with SEC schools or ACC schools in the South, I should say. And, um, you know, their facilities are bigger, the weather's better, you know, the admission standards are looser, (laughs) the cost isn't as great. I mean, there's a lot of things that you're going to have to overcome when you're at Notre Dame. but. We proved we could overcome them. And now Link has proved that they could overcome them. And and the key is the leadership. Because, see, I wouldn't let anybody make excuses. Nobody ever heard me give excuses. And I wouldn't let the players have any excuses. And when they complained about things, I would get upset with them. And I would tell them, look, nobody put a gun to your head and told you you had to come here. You came here because of these certain factors that were important to you. Those things haven't changed just because we got a bad day of weather. We're going to have to play in cold weather or, or we have to drive to O'Hare Airport to fly commercially, you know, to wherever we're going. So, for you know, adjust your attitude and, and get your attitude in the right winning frame of mind. And I think that advice to Link, I think he really took that to heart. So now the question is, because he's done so well, will he stay? You know, people. I hope people aren't mad at me for leaving and going to LSU, Sean. I I actually turned down a half a dozen jobs that nobody ever knew about. You know, I, I love Notre Dame, and I I had every intention of staying there the entire my entire career. It was just that one school for me, LSU, because I had gone to school there. I met my wife here. I had a lot of friends down here in Louisiana, and south louisiana was going through a particularly tough time because it was a year after the hurricane katrina had gone through and really had devastated so much of south louisiana and the baseball program which had been such a huge source of pride for south louisiana was really kind of in the doldrums at that point point. and i thought well if i go there and and we can kind of return the program to glory. Maybe that will help in the recovery down here. I know that sounds kind of silly, but what else can a baseball coach do? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I couldn't build hospitals for him, so it, right. it was the way I felt that I could do it. And there was a little part of me too that said, you know, can if I go out and test myself against the other teams in the SEC, which is kind of thought of as the best conference in the country, you know, could I succeed? And I needed to kind of find that out for myself. Now, the difference with Link, well, I know he's only been there three years, but he is in the ACC. So he is already testing himself mm-hmm. against some of the very best teams in the country. Okay. So from an emotional standpoint, you know, from that standpoint, I, I don't think he needs to go somewhere else to prove to himself that he can do it. He can do it. Okay. And he's shown that in, in a you know, arguably one of the top two conferences in the country. The, you know, the question is, is there something out there that would lure him because, you know, there's there's, you know, an emotional tie to it or there's right. some other reason for it? OK, I don't know what goes through Link's mind. I don't pretend to know him that well that I could tell you what he's thinking. He's never said anything to me or insinuated that he was looking to leave. I think he genuinely loves Notre Dame like I did, and he's done a tremendous job. And I hope he I hope he decides to stay there for the rest of his career. Um, You know, but I know there are things that are frustrating. You know, people talk about the facility. You know, when Sean, when I took over the program in the fall of 94, um, the stadium was one year old. Pat Murphy was the coach when they built the stadium. He stayed one more year and left for Arizona State. Okay, Mm -hmm. when when I took over that facility was considered kind of the taj mahal of baseball facilities in the midwest yeah but after that you know other schools started to to build michigan built cincinnati built louisville built who was in our louisville. conference um yeah so you know it's just like when we built here at lsu we built the stadium here at first year was our national championship here in 2009 but other teams now have built in the SEC. And so now LSU Stadium is probably middle of the pack in the SEC. Hmm. Florida spent $75 million on a new stadium. Um, Mississippi State spent $100 million. Wow. You know, all these unbelievable facilities are going up. So I don't know if it's the facility that is uh, would be a concern, but there's other things that they can do, you know, like – You know, traveling to and from South Bend is really hard when you get on airplanes all the time. Maybe charter airplanes, you know, things like that, are enough enticement to keep a quality coach there. You know, I I didn't leave because of any of those things. I I just, I just left because of the reasons I told you. I, you know, I was there for twelve years, and I could have left, you know, many times, but I didn't want to. Because nothing for me compared to Notre Dame. It was just that one school. I don't. I don't know if Link has a school like that or not. You know, if if that will be that attractive to him. But whatever, whatever he decides, you know, he's got to do what's best for him and his family. Uh, he's done a tremendous job there, and I think people should re- remember that if he does, in fact, decide to leave.
1: Yeah.
2: I think that school down there in in Florida could be lurking. I guess we'll find
1: out here. In the weeks to come but hopefully big things happen in omaha first before any of that happens well that's going to be exciting to see him take on the longhorns this week sean
2: you know all that talk about him going to florida state because the news broke about the coach being let go on friday the day of the first uh super regional yeah it didn't seem to distract the guys from doing the job this past weekend so hopefully all that talk will be put on the shelf and you know this is a once in a lifetime experience for these kids and you know, I'm sure they love link, but I don't think they're going to be overly concerned with that at this point. They just want to go to Omaha and succeed and and play great. And, uh, and I think they will.
1: Paul, it is always great to talk to you. Um, Enjoy your trip out there. I look forward to seeing you out there. We're we're hopefully going to have a lot of blue and gold and green and, you know, shamrocks (laughs) and all that kind of good stuff. So look forward to seeing you out there. Hopefully.
2: Uh, Sounds good, Sean. I'm, I'm looking forward to the trip, you know, Friday is my wife's birthday and we had planned on a little trip, you know, somewhere else to celebrate her birthday. But after the game was over, she actually came into the theater room and said, let's go to Omaha for my birthday again. You know, it's funny when I decided to retire last July, one of the first things she said to me is, I guess we don't have to keep celebrating my birthday in Omaha anymore. (laughs) And here it is first year out. We're on our way back because of the Irish. (laughs) Well, and of course,
1: Friday is also the 20-year anniversary of the comeback win over Rice, and coming up this week, I've got a three-way—I guess it's four-way—but I've got Steve Stanley, Steve Solman, Brian Stavisky. All together, we're uh, we're going to relive that ninth inning. So that's going to uh, be fun. We're going to do that on the show. So
2: I relive that ninth inning about every day in my mind. That was <laughs> I a special, do. special day, special day. There's a
1: picture that I found of you hugging Steve Stanley. You, you've got him kind of wrapped around the head. And I, I told Steve that, uh, you know, you look like you look like you were just holding on to him for dear life in that photo. And and uh, well, that I mean, exactly. he wanted it to end. And unfortunately, it didn't end that day.
2: Well, we were losing by a run. And we were facing a really tough pitcher that had not given up a run in the entire postseason. Yeah. And there was one out. And when Steve hit that ball in the right center field gap and he was coming around second and I was waving him to third, I was making deals, deals with God right there that if he's allowed to be safe here, I promise I'll never do anything wrong again the rest of my life. (laughs) So when he slid into third base, the only thing I could think of was to just give him a big hug down there. And then of course I I told him that there's nobody in the world I would rather have up right now than Steve Solomon. And he came through with the base hit up the middle and then Brian Stavisky hit that home run, Sean, and it was against the wind in right field. And I still don't understand how that ball ever got out of the park because he he just absolutely crushed it into the wind.
1: Well, and that's, you know, just like you said, Justin Crowder, and this is a a lefty who ends up being drafted by the Oakland A's, just like Stanley and Stavisky that same season. Was that right? But – he hadn't given up a run the whole postseason and in a stretch of seven pitches, yeah, three three batters, a triple, an RBI single, and a walk-off home run. Just so amazing the way that whole thing unfolded.
2: Well, I think about it all the time, and I'm grateful to and feel very blessed to have had the experience with those kids. And it's something I'm I hold on to and I will hold on to forever and ever and ever.
1: Paul, again, it is always great. I better let you get going here, and you, you know, you, you and Karen can get packing and enjoy some pestos <laughs> for for her birthday on Friday as well. So.
2: <laughs> All right, sounds good, Sean. Go Irish.
3: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful, time-tested gift around—a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love.